There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hockey night tonight. It's hockey night every night, and especially if you're listening to Talking Hockey, the hockey talking show, which you are. And uh, yeah, this is uh, co-host Tom coming at you. I've got with me, as always, streaking down the right wing, hollering for me to get pucks deep and get off for a quick change. It's co-host Randy. How are you today, sir? Doing great. It's a beautiful Saturday here at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Um, great day. It's a great day for hockey. It was a great day for hockey yesterday too uh, and yeah. tomorrow. So <laughs> things are looking good. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is uh, talking hockey, the hockey talking show season three, episode 16. Now, uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know, we love to throw uh, a vintage sort of eighties, nineties or whatever player attached to that number. And number 16 has no shortage of, hockey heroes um but i'm gonna go with my personal favorite player like he's like you know like i'm, I'm a big wayne gretzky guy but you know other than that my all-time favorite player pretty much is i mean there's days but pretty much trevor linden number 16 famously nice. for the vancouver canucks and he also played for the Islanders, the Habs and a stop in Washington even. Um, and he, you know, he carried that 16 around. He had to double it up there somewhere cause somebody else had 16. So he went for 32, but, uh, that was a blip in the radar. We all know him. Uh, Captain Canuck, number 16, Trevor Linden, a storied career. I was going to um, ask, was that his nickname? Captain Canuck? They gave it to him because yeah. you know why he was at the time they named him captain when he was 21 years old, which at the time was like the youngest captain in the league uh, at, to that point. Cause they used to always give it to the old guy, you know, and then, um, you know, it's sort of, now it's like your number one draft pick, your Sidney Crosby's, your whoever's uh, Jack Eichel's, whatever uh, they, they give the captaincy to the young guy who's good to be their you know quote-unquote franchise player right um but back then not so much but they gave it to trevor linden when he was 21 and he was captain of the canucks for a good 10 years before he got dealt to uh the islanders and then he, he made his return back to vancouver and retired a canuck i don't think he was a captain then though because i believe it was marcus nasland at that point when he came back but um yeah trevor trevor linden had a great career played, you know, 1,382 regular season games, finished with 867 points, which, you know, for a, I th- was, he, he was a second overall pick of the 88 draft. Um, so it's not like he was the offensive star necessarily that maybe they projected him 
to be, uh, but he was certainly a very effective NHLer. Mike Medano went number one in that draft, by the way. Um, and Lyndon of Mike Medano, no longer the best U.S. born hockey player. Uh, that's right. I guess you could say, but we'll talk about that on a future episode. Yeah, that's right. So, but, but Lyndon was just like, I don't know why. I just love the way that he played the game. He was that big uh, center. He played right wing too, but uh, often center. He led the Canucks in 94 to, you know, w- within a, a sniff of the Stanley cup against the Rangers classic series that one went seven games i've got game seven taped on vhs somewhere i don't know where uh, i need a vcr <laughs> to play that one so. i've got a vcr here so yeah we'll, yeah we'll fire that up and maybe hook it up <laughs> to the projector one day <laughs> that'd be great but uh yeah i just loved trevor linden I, I i was a big fan of him and so i um you know there, there were but like i mentioned there were there were a lot of guys who wore 16 who were like really good players like over the years so let's just go through a list of some of the notables uh marcel dion he was um famously uh an la king right uh one of the highest scoring players of all time he's in the top five or so i think right um who else we got bobby clark from flin flon manitoba a uh, bit of a local legend there. And of course, famously uh, hacked the ankle of the Russian dude in the 72 series. He did, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> doing his part. Yeah. Um, but Bobby Clark's one of those beauties of the 70s hockey, right? Like with uh, no teeth, the wild hair. Um, Captain of the Broadseed Bullies. Yeah, won some cups with Philly. And just like, just a classic, uh, classic. Well, that classic player. photo of him, like with the big smile. And I think right, right when they won the Stanley cup. Yeah. The toothless yeah. grin. Yeah. It's uh, it's a classic for sure. Uh, so this, this next player who wore number 16 is a candidate for my all time hockey names list. I'm compiling and it's Kelly Bookberger. Gotta love that one. Uh, he played for the Oilers for a long time and he was kind of just like, I don't know. Was he like a third line fourth line grinder like he was but part of those stanley cup teams for sure and uh big player with the oilers in the 80s yeah even um, if he was a like a bottom six player you just you saw him every single game like yeah he was part of part of the action every single game he was just yeah. like in there he played the played the tough areas of the ice and yeah Book he was always like always up in the goalie's the, grill yeah yeah for sure for sure uh, some other 16s. Here's another guy who was up in everybody's grill, and he might still be as coach of the St. Louis Blues. It's uh, Craig Berube. He wore number 16, um, and he was a tough customer, but uh, a good player. Yeah, like, you know what? I got a know. funny story about him, and this will be super okay. quick. But yeah. um, So apparently when he took over head coach for the St. Louis Blues the year that they won the Stanley Cup, I think it was Tarasenko, um, and maybe this uh, – in, in, you know, classic Russian fashion, not, not quite knowing, um, you know, uh, some hockey history. So North American hockey history, I get, I forget who told him, maybe it was like Ryan O'Reilly or somebody like that uh, or uh, Petrangelo, but uh, Tarasenko was just kind of rolling into the room and didn't really know who Craig Berube was. And it's like, dude, you should uh, YouTube him. And then, you know, I think Tarasenko like YouTube Berube and then you just see like the, 
<laughs> the barrage of <laughs> of hockey fights and and yeah. you know the way that he played and and then I think Tarasenko kind of knew uh, you know <laughs> who was who was head coach but yeah who's in charge <laughs> I forget where I heard that but it was pretty funny it's like and you know I guess it you know yeah understandable if you grew up uh, you know in Russia or whatever but half a uh, world away I remember uh, Brube uh, as you know quite the enforcer uh, mm-hmm. back in his playing days. Yeah, he was, he was, and, um, he was, a, he sported a, a wicked mullet as well, uh, for, cause I know I have a hockey card of him where he's kind of like stretching out the hammies in pregames and <laughs> pregame warmups. And it's just like no bucket and it's just like full sweet hair. Um, some other 16s, couple more here and then we'll move on. But, uh, Michel Goulet, uh, starred for. Well, he played for the Nordiques, right? And then I think he played for the Blackhawks as well. And uh, am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, Did he go to Hartford too? Hawks. He might have, yeah. Let's, um, Michel Goulet. Uh, geez, I don't have it in front of me where he played, but I got he's it one here. of those guys who, okay. He played he's in the oh, league a long time. Quebec and Chicago. So it wasn't, who yeah, am I okay, thinking so, of from Hartford? I can't think, I can't uh picture it maybe dave tippett because they had similar mustaches yeah michelle goulet <laughs> was famous for having a great mustache absolutely he was a heck of a player that guy um you know he 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 scored more than a point a game for sure 548 goals points. yeah good player for the quebec nordiques and then the hawks he went to the finals with the hawks the year they lost to pittsburgh uh but that was a good Hawks team, but uh, they were no match for Mario and the Penguins. Oh, yeah, and, and the but, um, North Stars the year before. Yeah. Another guy who famously wore number 16 did play for the Hartford Whalers, and that's the little ball of hate, Pat Verbeek. He was a longtime Whaler and much beloved by the Hartford crowd, I think. He was, you know, a fan favorite because he could score, but he was also, like, the penalty leader every season pretty much. Like, he... Uh, was was not a large guy, but didn't back down, you know, like a fair and flurry, uh, you know, similar style, I would say. Skilled. And he's he's currently feisty. he's currently uh, Steve Eiserman's right hand man in Detroit. He's the assistant general manager, not the assistant to the general manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I he's didn't like, know that. Hey, Verbeek, uh, go get me a coffee. <laughs> Not that He's Steve Eisenman has a New York accent, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a fun fact about Pat Verbeek. Didn't know that. Um, and he's uh, five foot nine and 190. So, uh, yeah, a little, little ball of hate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always liked Verbeek. I liked getting a Verbeek. I like. I, I had a soft spot for a lot of Hartford Whalers. I was just kind of a Whalers fan. but. And uh, one last number 16 we'll mention here, going way back uh, before, before our time, uh, Henri Richard, the pocket rocket. That would be Maurice Richard's little brother, arguably more successful uh, brother. Uh, more cups, Henri right? Richard, wa- he won like a million cups, basically, um, like like more cups than anybody else. I think it is, and he went on to play for the Habs for a good solid like twenty years or something, and was just like a very key part of that uh, dynasty in the 60s 70s kind of thing um but yeah Henri Richard we we talked uh, last episode on episode 15 how his brother Maurice the rocket 
how he actually wore 15 for like a season with Montreal as a rookie. And then, yeah, uh, the pocket rocket, I guess he was like, well, I'm the little brother. I'll take uh, 16. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sounds good. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little uh, overview of some famous number 16s from, uh, from back in the day. And of course uh, we're calling this episode of talking hockey, the hockey talking show uh, season three episode Linden. So yeah, Trevor Linden, good guy. Uh, what's next on the docker, Randy? It's noon, or well, it's one. Are you uh, are you beering today? No, no beer. I'm 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 going uh, dry. Be, you know, yeah. tr- I'm training for those future UMFM episodes where uh, mm-hmm. where we're gonna keep it straight, keep it on the straight and narrow, and and then we'll do a little special post game show where we crack a beer after the UMFM broadcast. But uh, today I'm just going with a coffee. Um, nice. I didn't get. Uh, you know, I was up early this morning, had a bunch of things to do, didn't get my full cup of coffee in. So I got to yeah. make sure I get my caffeine intake for the day and then I'll switch to beers. Uh, you know, I'll make a, make a, make a run down to Sucrums here, uh, mid afternoon and see what's going on there. Grab a few cold ones and settle in for some hockey. Maybe I'll get in that, uh, three o'clock Avs versus Vegas golden Knights game, but we'll see, but it's coffee yeah, today we, for me. Um, first gotta, show ever, first show ever with no beer. So <laughs> hopefully it doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm rocking a, uh, bubbly lime. Uh, my favorite, uh, I call them, uh, they're, they're like my dad beers. They're my Bud Light limes. I just, uh, crush these things. It gives me the same satisfaction, but there's but, no, you know. there's no alcohol in there. Is that, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. They're they're just sparkling water. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I I like they. You wouldn't know you if you did a blind taste test between a bubbly lime and a and a Bud Light lime. You would have no idea what the difference is. <laughs> you wouldn't. So it's beautiful. But right uh, so yeah, but, and but, you wanted to mention a few facts about a legendary Canadian uh, rock band. Correct. So it got me thinking the other day. Um, it it, uh, it was about 26 years ago, uh, I think Wednesday was the anniversary of it, um, that the Tragically Hip uh, made an appearance on, um, on SNL, uh, 1995 it was. And um, so, and then I was, I was up early watching SC with Jay, No More Dan, uh, right. I was up early watching them the other morning or him the other morning. And I noticed, and I hadn't noticed this before, but the Scotia North division, as we love to uh, name drop the sponsors, Jay just calls it the Gord Downey Memorial Nor- uh, division, which I thought nice. was pretty, pretty nice and classy um, and has a much better ring to it, in my opinion, than, than the Scotia bank division or whatever whatever it is so uh, yeah i had some tragically hip on the mind and then and it got me to thinking about um like what i did actually do a beer run um before like and and i got a uh, mill street cobblestone stout because it's a great a great beer and i was like oh i'll pretend i'm uh, at the i'm gonna have it later tonight watching the jets when they play <laughs> uh calgary later tonight and i'll be like oh, i'll pretend i'm at the game or whatever because they got the mill street on tab i don't think they have the stout but they do have the hundredth meridian which of course is a tragically hip song at the hundredth meridian and the hip actually just recently sued mill street 
because they never asked about the name and I guess, you know, whatever uh, copyright infringement or whatever the, the story is. And I, I don't know if they settled out of court or if that's about to go to court or how that's playing out. I just know I, I saw the headline not too long ago about uh, how the hip sued Mill Street over the use of the 100th Meridian. So I thought, well, we better play that song. We better talk about some Tragically Hip. Um, hopefully they don't sue us for playing the song on the podcast. But, hey. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the Tragically Hip are one of those bands. They, they're, like, very, very Canadian. They've got no shortage of songs about hockey. So the 100th Meridian isn't explicit, explicitly about hockey or anything. But we'll play a song later. We'll play, we're going to play a couple hip songs today, and we'll get into those when we get there. But um, for sure, like, just wanted to talk a little hip uh, because they've been on my brain this week. And uh, a couple other promotional uh, housekeeping items here. We've got a very special uh, guest coming up uh, in a future episode, not too long from now. Uh, Randy, we've got... Uh, Ken Reed, national sports broadcaster, Ken Reed of Sportsnet. And uh, he's also an author. Yeah, well-known uh, author. Yeah, he, he's so, you know, man, jack of all trades and uh, hockey, big-time hockey fan, loves, loves getting pucks deep. And so he's going to be joining us on the show um, on a future episode. So we certainly are looking forward to that. And we've got another guest lined up uh, for another episode just slightly further down the road. Um, you want to tell us about that guest? Yeah. Yes. Uh, coming up following Ken's appearance, we're going to have Jason Goulet, uh, former professional hockey player and played in the WHL actually was, was teammates with, uh, with former uh, NHLer Mike Green. But uh, nice. these, these days, Jason Goulet is running a company called No Name Hockey Sticks. You can find them online uh, by just searching for No Name Hockey, but also uh, their store is over, uh, over there on Sargent, um, pretty much at the corner of Sargent and St. James. Uh, but yeah, we'll have Jason on for some, from some stories of his uh, hockey playing days and, and uh, hearing about uh, how, how he started a hockey stick uh, company and a, a great point for you, Tommy, he makes the extra long sticks. Oh, and I saw one at the store the other day. I was there yesterday actually. So he's got the extra length on the stick and it was yeah. like a, a, I think a 110 flex or something. So oh, that's right in my wheelhouse. Whenever hockey sort of gets back going here and I'm in the market for a new stick, I think I will definitely go give them a, a, a look for sure. I've seen yours that you have uh, out on the outdoor rink and uh, it's a beauty. Uh, I tried, I even tried it, but your sticks are like so short for me as uh, I was trying to stick handling in a phone booth, but uh, I'm not Patrick Kane. So no, I, I wasn't actually stick handling <laughs> in a phone booth, but you know, um, yeah, pretty cool. So, okay, well, that's good to know. I'm going to check out No Name Hockey Sticks and definitely looking forward to having uh, both Ken and Jason on the program in the next little while. And the other little bit of housekeeping that I want to get to before we start talking some Jets and other hockey uh, stuff is uh, our t-shirt sales. We're doing pre-orders for some talking hockey t-shirts. Um, we've, we've kind of, we were working out some details about uh, getting them printed and everything, but I think things are kind of rolling uh, or, you know, they're, we're, we're, we're working on it here and 
The logistics uh, so, are being figured out, but what yeah. we really need is uh, just some a, a good idea of how many how many pre-ordered or, or how many pre-orders we're going to get. So, um, if you are interested in getting a Talking Hockey T-shirt, um, it'll be the logo. I th- like I'm sure that logo is what on the Instagram. Is that yeah? Where, yeah, yeah. So it's the the Jets looking logo, Talking Hockey style. Um, so we're looking at getting on getting that on on some T-shirts for the summer. You know, you can walk around uh, Osborne Village and represent that shirt, you know, represent the show. And people will be like, that guy over there or girl is pretty cool because look at their shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. They'll just know. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to we'll start doing some heavy advertising of that, you know, uh, pestering all our friends and listeners and all the rest of it. Um, So you'll be hearing more about that as we go forward. Just wanted to give a quick little update for those of you who have uh already kind of put in a pre-order we haven't uh you know we, we didn't drop the ball totally uh we're just you know we're working on it slowly uh it'll we'll, we'll get it here we're only we're barely out of we're not even out of march yet so well, we'll we just had those. snow the other day so uh yeah, we might get so, we might get some more snow here we might uh, have three more months of winter and then it's summer so uh yeah, yeah. but yeah well the t-shirts will be ready um but yeah get your get your uh, info in or just drop us a line on on instagram saying that you would like to get one and uh that process will get started uh immediately and looking at the clock here, we've got about 10 minutes of Jets talk here, Tommy. Um, okay, so well, let's, let's dive let's into dive it. dive right into it. And, and let's just start by saying, so the Jets are 3-0 and since Puck Toss Gate. Puck Toss Gate, you ask, what is that? Well, that was uh, after the Jets uh, were beat by... Edmonton. beat them? Edmonton. Edmonton. The yeah, Jets they were lost up, two in a row to Edmonton. The Jets were up 2-1 going into the third. I was sitting down to watch the third, and then Darnell Nurse scored to tie it, and then McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, had a two-on-one. McDavid sauced it over. Dreisaitl one-teed it, buried it, and then I was like, click. Sorry, boys. I can't, <laughs> yeah, the I can't watch this. dangler yeah. put the dagger in the heart. I rarely uh, turn off a Jets game, even if they're getting blown out, but – that game, I just had to turn it off, and yeah. they ended up losing. And as the horn sounded at the end of the game, our captain, oh captain, uh, picked <laughs> up the old biscuit and hooked it into the upper deck at the Edmonton Arena or whatever it's called. Now. Yeah, it's uh, like get out of it. We don't need this. So there was, I don't know if like there was much fallout from that, but like, well, he got a I penalty. Know- uh, he got yeah he got a misconduct penalty and i know on the sort of uh, internet forums the next day people were um kind of being like oh yeah real mature they're captain yeah. or whatever you know but hey uh look at the jets now three and oh since that so um and one of those games old andrew cop hands of stone no hands of gold he put in four in one game uh you know probably uh uh, one off for Andrew Cop, but you got to like to see that and sort of led the Jets to a big victory over the Canucks. So they, the, the Jets outscored the Canucks nine to one over the course of two games. I believe it was nine, one over two games, four, uh, four nothing. nothing win, five, one win. Yeah. Right? So um, yeah. And then they, uh, they pulled off another win last night over Calgary, kind of just barely held on, looked like they had that one in control. And then Calgary got, Two very greasy goals. One bounced off Lucic, then bounced off Morrissey and went in. And the other one kind of similarly just thrown to the net and off 
pink pl- plinko style or whatever that is there and and then but you know the jets held on there and um but again like against calgary last night empty net uh, and the flames scored to make it interesting. So like the jets, when they're when it's six on five for the other team, the jets have a very hard time, uh, keeping that puck out of their net, but it was six on four too. I think the jets had a late penalty. Oh, they did too. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. you have to think. And now with, uh, Mr. Sutter at the helm, uh, being head coach of, of the Calgary flames, um, Calgary's bread and butter is going to, to, to play that, to really play that dirty game, uh, totally. you know, and, 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 you know, like what similar to what we saw in the bubble last year, how they just like, they were going hard after the defensemen guys like Sam Bennett and, and Matthew Kachuk. And like, you got Lucic, like they, they really work and, and try and pound those defensemen into the end boards and do yeah. it like shift after shift. Um, Cause uh, you know, no offense, and uh, I don't know if anyone's going to take this as uh, an offensive statement, but you know, where's Johnny hockey and Sean Monahan? Like uh, you know, the, the skill, uh, the high end skill seems to be lacking these days on the Calgary flames. And it's more of a, a you know, like a grinding kind of yeah, they, in the, in the trenches style hockey game compared to the, the way the jets can, can, can just, uh, can just open it up. And, and well, compared and, to a lot of the teams in the North division in the Gord Downey Memorial division, like the flames don't really have a game breaker. You know, you look at Edmonton, they got the Deutschland dangler, they got McDavid, you know, you look at the Leafs and they got Matthews Marner and we Willie Nylander. And, uh, you know, the jets got your, uh, Connor and Ehlers and Shifley and the list goes on, right? For, for all these teams, even the Canucks, they got some game breakers, but um, the flames. Yeah. They're the only way that they're going to win right now is by grinding out wins. Cause they're um, they kind of lack that scoring threat. And uh, Neil Pionk took uh Johnny Goudreau for oh, a big that was ride beautiful. into the boards there. Uh, and then, and then um, shortly after that, uh, Lucic said, well, hey, I can do that too. And uh, But his was a little more dirty, and he, and he ended up getting two for boarding, which it's like, well, shouldn't – I mean, I, I would have thought, thought that was five, but um, two for boarding and then two for roughing on top of that for punching Pionk, who came over to say hi after he threw uh, Appleton headfirst into the boards. But – I think yeah, it was more know, than a punch. Uh, to, I think it was one of those punches, though, where like, you know, part of your stick is like out like that. Oh yeah, I the think butt, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of a butt end, but it's a hidden one. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. can't say for sure, but I know that's a bit of a trick that's out there. But you got to put it past Lucic. Yeah, you got to like. Uh, so basically, those those penalties on Luch, uh put the Jets on the power play, and the Jets buried one there. It was uh, Stasny with the goal. And like yeah. look, looking at the standings here, um, Calgary has lost four in a row. So yeah. uh, not not they're, the great welcoming that I think Mr. Sutter was probably looking for. Yeah, so they're going back-to-back with the Jets tonight, and it'll be the backup goalies starting. So LB for the Jets, and then Dave Riddick, big save Dave for the Calgary Flames. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that sort of plays out. I, I feel more confident in, in uh, Brassois, but... But Riddick had a couple good games last time he saw the net against Toronto, right? Before like Markstrom was out hurt and stuff. But so he can he can be a good goalie, but 
you got to think it'll be another tight affair between the Jets and the Flames. They always seem to play a pretty tight game. And uh, you just kind of hope that uh, they don't get sucked into the shenanigans of Matthew Kachuk because he's, he's, I hate the guy. He's good at what he does, though. And uh, that is trying to, you know, uh, sort of get people to take penalties against him by being a, a jerk, you know. And so, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes out tonight. But uh, we we have to get to our first song here, Tommy. Uh, we'll okay. have to bump this next topic to the to the next period. But if you want to just throw to the first song that we got here. For sure. So this is at the 100th Meridian by the Tragical Hip from their 92 album, Fully Completely. And uh, yeah, they're suing the beer company for making a beer called that. And that beer is the only good beer that you can get at Jets games. So what's a guy to do? Anyway, enjoy the song.
right, that was the Tragically Hip and their song uh, at the 100th Meridian, a classic tune for the ages. You've probably heard it in a hockey rink or two in the, back in the day, and even still now, if you could go to a hockey rink where they play music uh, in between whistles and stuff. Um, yeah, just a beauty tune. So let's just quickly uh, wrap up a little bit of Jets talk as before the break there, we were going on about them. And I just want to, this fun fact that they showed, um, but they've since won two more games. So it's, uh, but after 32 games this year and last season, the Jets had the exact same record and some very eerily similar points. So they were after 32 last year, they were 19, 11 and two with a 272 goals against average and a PK operating at 76.2%. This season, after 32 games, they're 19, 11 and two with a 281 goals against average and a slightly better PK though at 78.9%. So they've since tacked on two wins to that. So they're now 21, 11 and two. I haven't updated the goals against or the PK since then, but uh, you know, I just thought that was pretty eerie and similar. TSN threw that stat out uh, during one of the games the other night and um, thought that was kind of interesting because to me, it almost felt like the team this year was better than last year's team. I was going to say that. that that's kind of surprising. If I had to guess, I would have thought that this year's team would have been performing better, but I guess yeah. um, maybe since this point forward from the, yeah. that season, they probably went on a bit of a slide. Yeah. Whereas this year, I guess we'll see what happens. But um, with with two wins in a row since, um, you know, it, things are looking good. They got Calgary for the next two. And then it looks like they've got, I think they got two against Toronto. And then, uh, you know, the one thing that I think maybe that the Jets have going for them is they finished the season, their last four games, uh, three of them are against Ottawa. So if mm. they need to make some serious ground up to, you know, maybe get into that top spot uh, going into the playoffs to guarantee some home ice advantage for the first two rounds, then, you know, that's, that's maybe the time to do it. Especially yeah. if, if, uh, if Toronto, Edmonton and Winnipeg kind of keep, uh, keep neck and neck, uh, you know, uh, in the standings right now. And you mentioned something just before we started recording as far as um, if, if uh, what could happen this evening. Well, uh, yeah, so tonight the Oilers play the Leafs. If the Oilers beat the Leafs, that'll put them in a tie points-wise with Toronto for 44. Winnipeg, Winnipeg playing Calgary, all Winnipeg needs is a point tonight to make it 45 points. That'll put them into first in the Gord Downey Memorial Division. But, um, you know, that's obviously just one night. And at this point... Actually, the Jets and the Oilers have the same amount of games played at 34. And Toronto, they've been off for most of the week, I think. And Toronto is at 33 games now. So, you know, they're they're pretty much all the same here. And uh, I think it's just going to be neck and neck all the way to the finish with, uh, with between those three clubs kind of thing. So Yeah, and especially because they, they – likely face each other four or five more times so especially if those games are won or lost in regulation then you know you could you can uh distance yourself uh from from the pack um totally but if you look and at the if very, you're even if you fall behind a couple games but then you got a, a couple head-to-heads that's you know you win those them. games boom it's like yeah. the difference is deleted so but yeah if you look at the bottom of the of the north there uh you know Edmonton or uh, sorry, Vancouver and Calgary, 
are starting to slip a little bit. Um, Calgary is now four points behind Montreal, um, but Montreal has four games in hand. So things aren't looking good in Caltown, home of no. Chicks Dig It. Yeah, I think they're starting to slip here a little bit, which, you know, with the trade deadline coming up, you kind of have to wonder what certain teams are going to do and if they'll sort of appraise where they're at uh, accordingly. Because if you're right on the cusp or you feel like you should be, maybe you won't sell some pieces that in other, you know, situations you would. So, like, I don't know that Calgary is going to add, but they might not, you know, uh, sell necessarily either. I, I think they will add. I think they just, they have the tendency, they have the history of always trying to go for it. Um, yeah. But that just kind of t- tends to be the case in Calgary. But Tommy, I got a question for you. Now that we've seen uh, the Jets match up against pretty much, well, every team in, in the North, uh, you know, a few times, um, if, if you know, we're heading into the playoffs right now, who, who would you... Um, who, who would your ideal matchup be for the Winnipeg Jets for them to advance? Who, who would you think that they would have the best shot against? Uh, be it, uh, let's just limit it to Toronto, Edmonton, and Montreal because those are the teams in the top four right now. Yeah. Well, so for whatever reason, Montreal just owns Winnipeg, and they have ever since the Jets came back in 2011, it seems. So I'm going to say not Montreal. Um, and... When you play Edmonton, now the Jets and the Oilers play some really good hockey games against each other this year. and But then you got McDavid and Dreisaitl, and it's like you can basically like play a, a, a tight game that you feel really good about, and then boom, out of nowhere, McDavid, he's going to go coast to coast and uh, win the game for you kind of thing. And, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say, like, it's, it's going to be tough either way you look at it. But a first round matchup with Toronto, I don't, I wouldn't hate that. I think that the Jets would stand a pretty good chance in that because they can play, I think, a heavier game than the Leafs. Um, you know, but the Leafs have adapted this year and they're a better team than they were last year, you know, arguably or whatever. But like, I just, I think either Edmonton or Toronto for me would be that ideal first round matchup. Like, um, but not Montreal because like I say, like for whatever reason, Montreal just owns the, the jets. So I don't know, like what, what, like who do you think they stack up or would stack up against best in a first round? Well, I think if you think back to last week, the jets totally laid an egg against the Oilers. And, yeah. I, and I think, you know, Wheeler throwing the puck into the crowd or stands, no crowd. Um, <laughs> it was like, I think, peak frustration of like they knew that they could like they had that game in hand they could they were winning two to one going into the third and i think it's almost like you need those things to happen to be like we're not gonna let this happen again uh like because otherwise if you just roll and that's sometimes the problem if you think back to the team like washington and san jose like 10 15 years ago how they would just cruise through the first in like Tampa through, before they won their yeah, cup even, through yeah. the season. And then it's like, you don't, you know, uh, this is such a cliche thing to say, but you don't face any adversity, you know, yeah. throughout the season. And then you face it in the first round and then you get swept or whatever, because you're not used to it. But I think these, these moments are like, and the way that the jets are treating them as like, okay, it happened. Let, let's move on. And, you know, we won't let it happen again. So while it, it it's the jets seem to be 
in tough against Edmonton and, and McDavid and Dreisaitl. I What I feel great about, though, is the fact that you th- like when Lowry, Cop, and Appleton are going, I think those guys could would, like even though McDavid is a freak, I think that's the line to shut him down. And then, yeah. and then if you've got, if you've got Lowry matched up against um, that line and they're grinding them hard and like, you know, you know, keeping them to the outside and, 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 you know, there's, they're great hockey players. They're still going to get their chances, but then if you okay, can neutralize them a bit, yeah, totally, you just got to like, you know, keep them, keep them neutralized. But then that means then Shifley's line matches up against the Oilers' second line, yeah. and then PLD's line with Connor and Ehlers lines up against their third or fourth line. And you got to like those odds a so little you, bit. So, the, yeah. yeah, so you, it's just like – and I that's that's the one good thing that I think that is going for the Jets is that their third line – and whether or, not, whether or not they get enough credit in the league, it doesn't matter, but they are the line, I think, to, to neutralize um, McDavid. Yeah, um, and and the goaltending wise, I think maybe the Jets stack up a little better than the yeah, Oilers, or at Oilers. least I would feel more comfortable with. But yeah, uh, yeah the, I, I hear what you're saying there, and actually that's probably an ideal first round matchup in a way. Then, but you know, in in the playoffs, come playoffs, you, I think we've talked about this before. Your you kind of top two lines often just cancel each other out, and then the, the difference, difference maker is, made, is yeah. that third line. Yeah, or um, the fourth like line hero, like Max yeah, Talbot, the, if you think about when the Penguins yeah, won the cup. Pat Maroon on the Blues run, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So you got to have those guys that are the difference makers on those sort of bottom six uh, that, that, that that come in and, and score the big goals because the top two lines are kind of yeah. just canceling each other out. So. Could be guys like Andrew Kopp or Mason Appleton or, or Matty yeah. Pro or even Trevor yeah. Lewis, a guy who's got two cups. Uh, you yeah, know, for you sure. Gotta, you got to feel good about that bottom six for the Jets. Um, but looking at the clock here, we've got roughly about 12 minutes left. Um, so we're well, probably going to our first, uh, you know, puck scrape halfway through the period and the ice crew is coming out. Um, but yeah. we've got a few other topics on the list there. Um, yeah. Well, what's we the, were kind of, you wanted to well, talk we about the, the talking ref? about, we have, or we, I feel like we should mention it. I mean, everybody else I'm sure has talked about it to death by now is the, the referee, uh, what do you want to call it? Like ref gate caught, <laughs> caught on Mike. Uh, Tim Peel yeah. was, was caught on Mike saying that I was looking for a penalty against Nashville and that mm-hmm. leaked, I guess, or something. And um, and then the next day, the NHL came, the hammer came down saying, Tim Peel will never ref a game again. Yeah. So And uh, he's, he's um, he was due to retire at the end of the year. So it's kind of like he's getting put on modified duty, you know, light duty or whatever. Uh, just kind of. He's got the desk job for the right of the season. Exactly, <laughs> right? So, like, I don't think that he was outright fired or anything, but essentially, you know, he won't, he won't ref a game anymore. And, uh, you know, it's in, in some ways it's kind of like, well, you know, the NHL had to do that because, um, he was caught, he was caught, you know, like to me, it wasn't shocking what he said at all. Uh, that's pretty par for the course, I think. And I think a lot of people know that the difference is that he was caught on a hot mic on live TV saying it, and then social media, got a hold of it and it was everywhere. And as is kind of how things work these days, you know, that forces the hand of the employer or whoever, uh, the NHL. So like, 
to, you know, quote unquote, cancel him as it were. And so he's, they had to do that. Right. And I think it was Elliot Friedman. I heard him say, you know, the, that somebody, there was some guy, I don't know who it was, tweeted out this and he doesn't normally tweet about NHL stuff. And he's got like a hundred million followers or whoever, you know, some crazy number of followers. And he tweeted this. Right. And then with the NHL post pandemic, uh, plan. They're getting gambling involved in hockey. You know, there's a lot of oh, sports yeah. betting stuff happening. They call the them uh, kind of was what, what do they, they call like, those well, bets? Um, uh, like prop prop bets, where it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like that kind of thing. So going forward, the NHL like they can't have the impression by like people who don't necessarily know anything about hockey or whatever that that they have. You know, they had to let them go because you can't have a crooked ref, as it were, but. Yeah. yeah. So I guess from the hockey world, um, whatever, like he, you know, it suck. It's obviously terrible when someone loses their job, but uh, maybe a little bit of the, the hip hypocrisy is everyone's known that like, there's always makeup calls. Like, yeah. you know, once, once uh, Tommy's team takes a penalty in the, you know, the first period, they're going to look for my team to, to, to get the next period, next penalty to even it up. Like it's, for almost, sure. it's, it's been almost like it's an unwritten rule. Uh, and, to, and then when, when there's more penalties called, you know, like you see those games and it's like, Oh, this team's getting favorite, you know, like the favoritism kind of from the refs or whatever, yeah. but um, and, it's almost like an ongoing, it's just been part of the game where the ref would try and call one penalty for one team and then look for a penalty for the next team just to even things out game management as it were. And, you know, like refs are people too. They're part of the game, whether you like it or not. And um, they have, you know, they have uh, vendettas against certain players. Absolutely. Like, like, you know, there's, there's some refs see me pull into the parking lot and they're already blowing the whistle and calling a penalty on me. Right. So it's uh that's just the way she goes. And you kind of, as a player, you need to deal with it. Everybody knows that. And, uh, but yeah, Tim Peel got caught on a hot mic. So that's kind of how she goes, way she goes, bud. Right. Like, I think there's no surprise there, but, um, yeah. So other things that I think we should chat about before we wrap up on today's program here. Um, I don't know how much time we got left, but like Sidney Crosby just hit 1300 points in his career. He's, uh, in the, I saw a stat. It was like fastest to thirteen hundred, and he's he's up in that upper echelon. Of course, I think it was know, like eighth fastest or something like that. Like yeah, it was he's in the high. top ten or whatever yeah. it was. Like there were several guys who hit it before a thousand games played, and Crosby just played his thousand through the earlier this season. Um, and you know he's not that far behind uh, his uh, buddy Alex Ovechkin now either. Ovechkin's got like thirteen oh seven, although he just scored a couple last night. So you know they're 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 neck and neck. Uh, Ovi does have more games played because Sid missed like you know quite a bit of time. It feels like you know that, that was like ten years ago now, but uh, with the sort of concussion yeah. and all the rest of it. But um, to me, it seems yeah. like when Sid has a milestone to get, like, and it's like, oh, he's three points away. He always gets it that game. <laughs> yeah. Like it just like yeah, I think he knows. Like he's, he's yeah. like locked yeah. in, and so yeah. you know. It was against the Buffalo Sabres. Um, you know, I'm sure he could have probably played with a wrong-handed stick and probably still did it. But, uh, it's, you know, it's good to see. And, and you know, from from a guy that, uh, you know, you and I have both watched for 
you know, yeah. I guess 16 years now or so. I think he broke into the league 2005 around then. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sid hits 1,300. And if you got to think about his um, Nova Scotian uh, counterpart, uh, nasty Nate McKinnon. That's right. His, his Colorado Avalanche are just... Up. They're just rolling, man. Yeah, like, um, they're heating up. I, I like. I've been having a blast watching the Carolina, uh, Colorado Avalanche games. One because the hockey's amazing. You got Nasty Nate and you got Kale McCarr on the back end. Sam Gerrard looking good, and then also like their intermission report with the dude with the mullet is like, <laughs> it's it's worth the price of admission. Honest, honestly, I have to I have to turn off TSN Jets. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I can't watch that, but you you're, know, you're I will with Craig button and the crew. I will, I will tune in for John Michael Lyles, uh, drinking his wine, his scotch in the closet or whatever <laughs> is going on there, <laughs> but like they know how to do it. Right. But uh, yeah, the Colorado avalanche are rolling. They got off to a bit of a slow start, but they're heating up and yeah. they're playing Vegas this afternoon. And that's a battle of teams with pretty much identical records in the West division there. I think they're very, very close. Um, and yeah, like from one end of the spectrum there of teams heating up like that with Colorado and everything you got, we just mentioned them Buffalo, of course, having lost now 15 in a row or 16 in a row, they're actually currently beating Boston two to one after two. So we'll find out Ooh, soon enough to tune if in for that. Can snap that, uh, losing streak. But the question was kind of like, will they ever win again? And you know what, but they've got Linus Allmark back in nets and he was kind of the lone bright spot to the early part of their season before they went on this huge losing streak, he got injured and then, um, but he's back. And, uh, but I mean, like, is Taylor Hall going to go anywhere? Do you think? Oh, he's, like, I, he's I mean, gone for sure. Eric Stahl just left. Right? Jack Eichel is yep. injured. Probably yeah. just, you know, doesn't even want to suit up again. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess if Buffalo wins, uh, maybe we have to make our way down to Portage and Maine and uh... <laughs> <laughs> start celebrating. Yeah, uh, big. Yeah. And then of course the Rangers are playing the Flyers again this afternoon, and the Rangers have just been lighting up the Flyers a lot, beating up days. on the Broad Street Bullies. Oh, yeah, Bullies no more. The Broad yeah. Street pushovers. The Unfortunately for the Philadelphia, their goaltending duo of Carter Hart and Brian Elliott, two guys who are pretty capable goalies. They have just been brutal this year. Um, Carter Hart, particularly, sort of seen as one of the future stars of the NHL in, in terms of goalies. And he just, you know, can't stop a beach ball at the moment. Um, Did someone jinx him by calling him the next Carey Price or what? Must have, right? Like, <laughs> I think he probably heard that. And then that's just, that's all it took. But, you know, the Flyers, their their defense, and not just their defensemen, but like the team defense, they're just leaving their goalies out to dry like all the time. So it is what it is. But like Mika Zibanejad of the Rangers, he's just like, Man, he's loving playing Philadelphia right now. He's got a couple natural hat tricks, you know, 12 points in two games, like just like lighting them up. And, and he scored uh, the first goal today, actually. He's got the did first he goal. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. So he's just chomping at, at the, the bit, I think they call that. Uh, yeah, exactly. So he, he's got the, all the games against the Flyers just like circled with like a big heart around them, I think. And <laughs> he's just looking for it. And Nolan Patrick, yeah. uh, Winnipeg boy, local legend, has the goal for the, for the Flyers oh. today. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, actually, that's um, he's kind of 
you know, he didn't play all of last year, I believe it was. And then, no, so he's, he's played all the games so far, which is good. He hasn't really been scoring a whole lot, but um, good to see him getting on the board anyway. But um, like, I was just going to say going into this season, I thought Philly was going to be at, like near the top of the league. And yeah. so I'm, I'm kind of surprised by this performance. And um, Alan Vino, uh, I, I don't know, just can't get the boys going or something. Like, do you think he's going to get on the hot seat there with the, the way things are going or is this, I don't know. Uh, they're, they're more... slip, they're slipping. Like, I don't know. Like if you're going to make a change, I think you got to do it soon. Cause uh, I think yeah. a lot of these games, a lot of these teams just have 20 to 22 games left. Yeah. Um, I kind of can't see Vino getting fired at this point to the season for the, for the flyers. But uh you know, that said, I think I think that they just maybe need some uh, personnel changes on the back end or something like they. I don't know, but like, like a lot of teams, they're looking for a, a top pairing defenseman or whatever. But uh, you know, the the Flyers are are kind of like I think one of the disappointments of the season, and it's looking more and more in the East Division like like they're them and the Rangers have pretty much the same record, and Pittsburgh's kind of taking that four spot, and then. You know, then Pittsburgh is uh, in third. Oh, they're third. Okay. Yeah, Boston's yeah. in between them. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So um, that division looks like it's kind of shaken out now. And a lot of them are sort of settling. And then it'll just be those top four teams jockeying for position. So, but uh, we're going to wrap things up here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show Season 3, Episode Linden, number 16. Uh, we're going to go out with another tragically hip song. This one is called. Uh, 50 mission cap. This is an, uh, this is one of those classic hip hockey songs. Uh, that's got the line about Bill Barolko, uh, you know, the famous, um, Toronto Maple Leaf who died in a plane crash and then they never won the cup again until the year his body was discovered, which was some years later in the bush in Northern Ontario, uh, 1967, I believe. And that was their last cup. I think that they won. Um, and I guarantee if you have been to a hockey game ever in your life you have heard this song during mm-hmm. the game no matter where it was played oh well, i guess it, unless it was in the states but this is the classic in-game hockey yeah. song from the hip yeah and you they've know, got that, a few well they've got a few but like this one for this sure is, this yeah. is for sure yeah yeah for sure um, bird and uh yeah like i said if you i guarantee you've heard this one before and if you haven't um spin this one and spin the whole rest of this record because yeah. it's a classic. Yeah, classic. Also from the same album as hundred as Hundredth uh, Meridian, uh, fully completely nineteen ninety two. Beauty, beauty stuff. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Talking Hockey. Make sure you tune in uh, in the next episode and the one after that and the one after that. Uh, it was great to have you. Keep your stick on the ice. Get pucks deep. Quick shifts. Here we go now. Yeah.